That's why I, I'm, I get really sad when I go buy ice cream from fancy places. I'm like, you don't have Superman? <laughs> what about the I one with bubble gums in it? No? Oh, oh man. Bubble gum in my ice cream. It's, it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, Jessica Jones is back for season two, Mike. Yeah, watch out, locked doors. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and hide your liquor, hide your doors. She's coming for them. And hide your hide your cute boys in bars, that's for sure. Any Mostly any boys, really. <laughs> uh, John Favreau is stepping into Star Wars, going from Marvel Ooh. to Star Wars. Yeah, but he, it's all Disney. It's all Disney. <laughs> he he's he is making that money, that's for sure. He's he's ingrained in there. The mouse house. That's right. Tom Cruise might be from space. Might. <laughs> all right. We'll cover that one later and more. Oh, yeah, I have like literally no clue what you're talking about with this Tom Cruise news. So it's going to be fun as I scroll down through this document and I get to it. I'm just like, what? Yeah, what's going on? Why, why did Chris say Tom Cruise? Oh, well, I mean, it makes sense, but I mean, why? Why is he saying it now again kind of thing? So, Mike, I've got to say, we were just talking top of the show. I've got to give um, one shout out right now to right. a mutual friend of ours, Pan from, from Purdue University. Alexander Victor Pan. Yeah, I, th- I don't know if that's his full legal name, but I think that's how it shows up on uh, on a Facebook. He he. <laughs> well, now now people are gonna go stalk him on Facebook. Good job. Oh jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, he's in my phone's pain. Uh, mutual. I met him through a, another friend of mine who I did the talent show with at at Purdue University, and um, my friend Derek. He he got a three D printer a year ago, and I've been uh-huh. working with him creating his website and pr- products to to sell, and he three D printed me. A life-size replica of Thor's hammer. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! And when it comes out of a 3D printer, it's not the final product. It, it's very rough, and he's finishing. So Pan finished this for me. It's stained. It's colored. It looks like metal. And he even built a little dirt holding area for it, so I can set it down in there like it's in the dirt from the movie. Oh my gosh! Why did they do all this stuff for you? Just just being the kindness out of their heart. They they are. They're very very good friends, and uh, I, I appreciate them very much. And I just picked it up today for the first time. It's been done for a little bit. Pan is now in Boston, so he he's not around the corner anymore. But uh, I, I have to give a shout to him and Derek for for printing this for me and Jeez. just the, the quality it is, Mike. I'm gonna send you pictures when we're done. All right. But, you either have exceptional friends or I just need better friends because <laughs> no one's made me any collectible merchandise recently. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I guess I I, I do have a, a very. Um, if, if people think of Chris, they think of pop vinyls and they think of Marvel. So I mean, that's that's the truth. So I've I've got that going for me. And speaking of pop vinyls and Marvel, I have to say, I went to Lexington Comic Con yesterday, Mike, Comic and Toy Con, and I had a great time. I don't know if you saw my haul that I posted on Facebook or not. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw the, I saw the haul. The thing that popped out to me was a Headlopper. Which is a, a it's, I think a, an indie comic book would it would it be fair to say yeah it's I think it, yeah it's through Image Comics I believe yeah yeah and I um I haven't read any of it but I follow the writer and I've I have been following the writer and artist for that comic book on Instagram for like a year or two now and I love his artwork it's just really great and but I just I haven't dove into any of the story but I know it looks badass. Yeah, so uh, the comic book store, Mitch, he picks that usually when it comes out. That's one of his picks for the week whenever those come out. He, he likes them so much. 
Um, so I picked up volume one of Headlopper. It's one through four. And then he actually doodled in it. He drew me a little thing in the front of it, Mike. Um, oh, heck yeah. And signed it. So I'm going to send you that picture later to see as well. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, but Andrew McLean, I hope to see him at C2E2. He said he, he would see me up there. So I might get to interview him again, Mike. So if you have any questions. Mm, I could probably come up with a couple. Yeah. I also got to give a shout out to uh, Andrew Heath. He's a local artist. He drew. Um, he, he I actually have some work I picked up from him years ago before I knew him personally. A Pulp Fiction poster, and then I've got a Mario and Luigi matching set, and then he did uh, this Pokédex and Dragon Ball radar thing um, that I picked up there, little eight by tens. And oh, cool! His artwork just stands out so well. It's very clean and kind of kind of flat, but not really. Um, and, um, friend of the show, Brian Smith, has a Rocco's Modern Life print by him, so uh, that's really cool. And then lastly, I got to see Jay Lee. Jay Lee actually designed um, and drew the Sentry. Uh, when he first came out oh, in 2000. Oh, cool. Uh, so he signed all my books a couple years ago. He also did Inhumans, uh, the volume from the 90s. I think you might have read it, maybe not. Um, uh, no, not familiar. But then he went on to do Superman uh, more recently and, and Batman for, for DC. So uh, it was really cool to see all these people. And I only bought one pop vinyl for myself. So I think that's a wow, really... Wow, that is... <laughs> I, either my collection's too large and I, I didn't need any or, or what, but... <laughs> Um, I think you're. I think the the back of your mind just knows you're reaching critical mass and is trying to protect yourself from an avalanche. It's true. Yeah, that that is true. And the last thing I did buy is actually one of the topics. I bought the that full Infinity War print um, of that big poster that I love. Oh yeah, I saw that. That was nice. I was wondering if that was just something that they were handing out or something you had to search for. Yeah, there's a there's a booth where these guys probably get prints from the internet and print them off on cardstock and overcharge you for them. <laughs> so I think that's where I, I mean, got it from. But whatever. But but at the same thing, that's the one thing that I really love about comics. Cons like like Disney and Fox and Marvel and DC like as a corporation they do not want people just designing and reprinting their characters or even doing like original illustrations and putting it on merch and selling it that's all their intellectual property like they don't want they don't like D- DC mm-hmm. doesn't want anybody else selling a Superman shirt unless like they've paid for the license. But like at Comic Cons and like at, on Etsy and like um, just like fan made uh, websites, like people are selling that stuff all the time. And I love how they just they're just cool about it and they all just kind of turn a blind eye because they all know it just kind of whips up the fandom for just comic books and nerdy stuff in general, which is always which is good for their bottom line. So like I like that they can kind of look past all of this copyright infringement basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so like yeah that's what I like I've been to when I've been to Comic-Con there's always like huge like there's an artist that has like all of this original art for sale but then also they'll have all of these like kind of like commissioned like uh like superhero pieces that just like look amazing and it's just like it's it's so cool that you can kind of get away with that stuff. I've had I've heard a little bit that sometimes there's like cracking down but I think it's just kind of just like hey just remember that we don't want you to make a ton of money off of this stuff. Just remember who owns this. Yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, it's the people who are stealing other artwork, which is the mm-hmm. crackdowns happen. We're like, yeah, I've seen, I've I've run into booths where someone's like, I, I'm like, I know this artwork, but you're not the artist, and they're like, oh yeah, I just found it online and printed it off. So I'm like, no, oh, that's that's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> so stealing from the big corporations not really a problem. We can all we can all agree with Marvel's got our money <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's cool. And then a uh, shout to Superfan Dakota. He was he's in uh, he was working one of the booths, and I know him personally through some pop vinyl transactions. He was spreading the word of the superhero slate there in the floor. So, oh heck yeah. So I I definitely appreciate that. If you're listening right now, Dakota, it means a lot to us. 
Yeah. Um, See, you gotta you gotta listen to our show because it's a tool. So when you go to your local conventions and you're there on the floor talking with talking with the nerds of your community, you'll be up to date and know all of the news. That is the that is like the reason we make this show. So you you just have to sit down like once a week for about an hour. You'll get all the news you need to know, and then you can move on with your move on with your week. That's right. Yeah. You don't have to go look for it. We're looking for it for you. Yeah. Mike. What have you been doing? I know you, this time change has just thrown you for a loop, but <laughs> I specifically put in the notes that I didn't do a goddamn thing this week. So. <laughs> well, that's it. That's that's good. That's great. I mean, I I just uh, this time change is is very tricky. It's the worst one, and I feel like I guess that's spring's nice. So at least we're getting nicer weather. But like, I feel like it's still kind of a kick in the nuts. Well, you know what? I, I did I did do one thing, and I think you did it as well. I watched a couple episodes of Jessica Jones. Jessica two. Jones, yes, right. It came out on <laughs> it came out on Thursday, International Women's Day. Like mm-hmm. that's why it was Thursday, not Friday, not because Marvel just likes to move things up on us. And um, we watched. We are like in the we're in the double digits on our episodes, Mike. Here in our household. Okay, um, we we got about four episodes okay. in. So the last episode we watched was, I believe it was called God Save the Hobo. And the only reason I remember the episode title is because I saw Hobo in the episode title. So I was like, oh, that's pretty fun. So we're four episodes in. And if you listen to the show last week, we said this week we'd be giving you our initial spoiler-free impressions. And then we're going to give all of you guys out there enough time to churn through 13 episodes whether it's the best show on the planet or the worst show on the planet it's still 13 hours out of your week so we're going to come back next week reconvene and we'll give you like the whole spoiler cast rundown of jessica jones but chris if you're double Mm -hmm. digits in uh how are you feeling about jessica jones season two season two aka I really like it. That's what I'm gonna <laughs> we're going to go with the title here because all those episodes start with AKA. Um, season two, while it may not be as, um, I guess, uh, to, for lack of a better word, a mindfuck, um, as season one, I do enjoy the characters more. The story is, I don't know, it's really good to just kind of not be as crazy. Um, and it's kind of more, I guess, I mean, of a horror mo- show than, than anything, I guess, this season. And, I, I we really like it. My wife is way more into it than I am, and that's I think that's a testament to, you know, strong women and, and like like we were talking about before the show the the Me Too movement, which accidentally kind of fell into this show, and uh, all the strong women characters. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I believe every episode is directed by a woman as well. That is correct. Every woman uh, every episode is uh, directed by a woman. I don't know if they're all written by him, but that but that's okay. Um, I like to. I like in this season. Um, you know, your your four episodes. You're probably noticing you're getting a lot more of the side characters this season than the first one. Um, yeah, you're getting a lot more. I guess uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, I, I forget her character's name as the lawyer. Um, um, is it a Hogarth? Yeah, Ho- Hogarth. She's getting some more some more of her own time. Um, Patsy's getting a lot more screen time. Uh, her neighbor can never think of his name because I think of him by the actor's name. Um, uh, the, her assistant. Um, uh, just just call him Cool Haircut. Cool, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Cool Haircut. So I mean, I like all these characters. Like I like the Jessica Jones characters. They don't bore me as much as some of the side characters in, say, Iron Fist, mm-hmm. or or even you know Luke Cage. I love the Jessica Jones character in the world, and like we get to see her do her job. And I, I, I there's hardly like I don't. I, I find myself enthralled with it, but not, like not I'm not as weighed down as the first season was, I guess. So. Um, what do you th- what do you think, Mike? I mean, four in it doesn't sound like you're loving it, but maybe you've just been busy. 
Oh no, I've just been burying the lead, Chris. Uh, I've been I've been loving it actually. Okay. Uh, uh, Jessica Jones season two is a is a testament to good storytelling, really good writing, and really good characters. It's just really good television. Um, and, and it's really interesting with a character like Jessica Jones because it's all about her character. It's not even though her power comes up a lot in, in all of her in all of her shows, uh, whether you're talking about Defenders or season one, it's all about like uh, just her, just her general attitude towards the world, which I just find really entertaining because she's just so like badass. She doesn't really care. Uh, she just doesn't let anything get in her way, uh, whether it's uh, metaphysical or doors. She kicks down all the doors just like season one, which is just hilarious because to me, it's like a meme. I don't know if it's a meme to anyone else out there yet, but every time she just like rips a door off, rips a door lock off or like kicks a door down, I'm just like, hell yeah. It's like her secondary superpower is just killing all the doors in the city, which is just just hilarious to me well thank um, the, lucky for you it doesn't slow down so yes <laughs> that's what i, 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 I want to see like a hallway fight scene but she's not fighting people she's just <laughs> fighting doors so i don't know i don't know if that's going to end up happening but jessica knows is an interesting character because her power is just very straightforward uh it's very similar to luke cage's power but at least he has kind of the extra interesting advantage of unbreakable skin and stuff like that they dealt with that in very interesting ways in the first season of jessica jones actually so jessica jones she's basically just strong so you're just thinking well that you know that's not too exciting but they they proved you wrong in the first season proven you wrong in the second season um i they, I, I don't want to have any spoilers but there was a, a pretty su- surprising i would say death at, at, at one point in time at the near the first couple episodes um so i was just like oh they're re- they're really just going all the way that the showrunner of this show is just going to tell the story that she wants to tell she doesn't really care who what er- character her actor gets in her way so that was pretty uh, surprising um there's just little moments that I've been enjoying where uh, there's one moment where Jessica Jones is trying to log into a stranger's computer and she sits down and the uh, the username and password thing pops up. <laughs> and it's just my pet peeve whenever that happens in movies or TV shows. They always start scanning the desk. They're just like, oh, what could be the password? Oh, well, they have a, a French bulldog on the desk. So the password must be Frenchy. And before I can even go through this uh, this uh, thought in my mind, she just pulls an old post-it note off the monitor that has the username and password on it. And I'm just like, that is hilarious because that is so true to life. I've, I've been in so many work environments where people are just like, we you're not we don't care about username or passwords we're literally just going to write them on a post-it and put it on the freaking computer and then i thought back to the scene and i was just like they didn't even need to have her stumble over a username and password because you could just assume the environment she's in the computer wouldn't need to be locked down so it's just kind of little things like that that just goes to show you that they're paying really close attention to the story and the, and the writing so yeah I've, I've been having a great time watching this I can't wait to finish watching it uh, my wife is also uh, really loving it uh, you know she uh, she's a writer she's very familiar with the Bechtel test which I'm sure you are but if, if you're not if your listeners out there aren't familiar it's basically you pass the Bechtel test if two female characters can um, have a scene together and not talk about a man. I believe I described it correctly. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. That's a a good gist of it where two women can be their own things and talk about their own things without having to worry about, you know, sex or relationships with somebody else. Yeah. Every once in a while, my wife will lean over and she's like, that this scene's passing the Bechtel test. And I was like, yeah, it is actually, this is really good. 
So uh, yeah, I just like how uh, badass the character is. Uh, we're, we're you know we're gonna be talking about another badass character here in a moment. So yeah, this is when when uh, Marvel Netflix is just really really cranking for me. Uh, we're coming off the Punisher, which was really which was really cool. Uh, I'm still lukewarm on the on the defenders. I hated Iron Fist, so it's it's interesting to see how Netflix has really been a roller coaster ride. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're on the fun part of the roller coaster again. Yeah, I think I think it just uh, you know it shows you know Jessica Jones, much like people like Daredevil. Jessica Jones is another character people can latch on to, and and they they made it feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I what one of my favorite things just to, before we wrap up here is a lot of this season is she uses her private eye investigative powers um not really i use powers in quotes here like her abilities as a pi really shine through in this one and um it it, it's really great to see her use her job as as something else rather than just you know kind of a crutch like Uh to to have her something to do so uh, i really like that part of it so sounds like we got to give jessica jones uh uh, you know watch it and then we'll we'll review it next week right that's what it sounds like uh yeah this is an easy recommendation so yeah if you haven't started watching it yet uh throw it up on netflix and come back next week and we're going to talk all about it that's right and then uh like with any other netflix show we the next one the release date announced this week as well mike luke Uh cage will be returning for season two in june 22nd Oh, and this little trailer is so fun. I have a I have a sneaking suspicion this is what you see when you finish the last episode of Jessica Jones season two. This trailer probably pops up on the screen, so you can go ahead and watch it now. There's there's no spoilers. I watched it. Uh, it's just Luke Cage being like awesome and badass and like not taking, uh, like not taking anybody's uh, jiveness, I guess. <laughs> but he's just so cool. I love him. He's so awesome. Yeah, he's like so, you can't shoot me. You can't burn me. You can't. You know, he's flipping. Cars over it looks like with the strength like it looks like they're gonna kind of maybe up the action a little bit for him on the streets a little bit and um well, well there was a there was a moment at the end where somebody says uh make your money or get your money or something yeah. like that like kind of like um cheering him on so that kind of makes me wonder if we're going to be kind of going into the the heroes for hire type scenario well, we we have seen set photos of him and or official photos of him and uh Iron Fist uh, together, so maybe maybe later in the season uh, they they will be doing that together. So I would actually love to legitimately see two superheroes try to figure out how to turn their powers into a business, like not just like every once in a while they go save someone and someone gives them cash. I, I like I want to see a scene where they sit down with a piece of paper and they start writing down like different things that they can do, like punch bad guy in the face fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it, we're gonna give you a menu. It's like ordering sushi. Like check off the things you want give it back to us and we'll go take care of it for you uh-huh. um but if you when you bring that up like you put daredevil jessica jones luke cage and iron fist all together in a room you have like your lawyer you have a private investigator you and then you have two people who could like go do the muscle work of this yeah as well. you're, so, you're enforcers uh we're the uh, hell's kitchen in new york is lucky that they're the good guys <laughs> yeah that's right that's right so luke cage coming june 22nd um I, I talked to someone the other day who really liked the second half of Luke, Luke Cage more than the first half, and I'm like, well, that's wow. okay. We can <laughs> we can agree to disagree on this. One. So um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think right again, like I said earlier, right now at the heels of Black Panther, I think um, Luke Cage needs to deliver as well. So um, it's it's got a high bar now. So I think I'm looking forward to this. Oh, I can't wait. Mike Coulter, I oh, can't wait to see him again. He's so cool. Yep. Uh, I also learned this week that the Punisher is filming currently in New York as well. I did not know the Ooh. season two was already underway filming. Like, they, Man. They turned that around. 
So, I mean, it looked like uh, John Bernthal was a little worse for wear, bloody nose, but he had a nicer haircut. He looked a little more, yeah, a little more put together. But I mean, you, how often do you think they're going to crank these things out, Mike? I mean, well, I was actually just thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, I was thinking, I was imagining Netflix as its own contained universe because they don't really talk about the MCU anymore. Like, I think maybe in the first season of Daredevil, they might have brought up aliens for like a brief moment. Uh, but it's just all been self-contained to just Netflix, but that's supposed to be in the MCU definitively. Like there haven't been any like sort of like, you know, eh, I don't know, maybe it is, you know, uh-huh. it, it definitely is, but they're just playing on their own playing field. But the, a big purple aliens about to show up on Earth uh, and it looks like a big spaceship is going to be hovering possibly over Queens, as we saw in the trailer. So stuff's about to go down in New York. So I'm really curious how Netflix is going to handle that. You know, like if half of New York gets destroyed, like literally like by like a crater or something like that, they have to address that in these shows. So it makes me wonder, like, are they trying to push out these shows as quick as possible before they have to deal with some sort of big event? I'm, I, I just have to know how Netflix is going to handle it because other shows don't really have to worry about it. I'm sure Runaways is not worried about Thanos and how it affects the show at all, uh, but Netflix, I feel like they're going to have to tackle it in some way, or um, it, it, they just need to definitively say it's not in the MCU, actually. Sorry. Well, I mean... But it, I want it to be, though. I mean, it definitely is in there. Like, there, there's no doubt about it. It's all... Again, their, their motto is it's all connected, even if it's not blatantly in your face. Uh, mm-hmm. But they do reference the incident in several things, and they, they ask about the aliens. I think... Um, there's some other reference. I mean, they, they do talk about Captain America in Jessica Jones season two. Yeah. I saw that so, briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there are some things in there. And then, um, we also have shield door. I don't know. We'll have to cross that bridge when we get there, but I'm sure there is a contingency <laughs> just de- in place for all this. Yeah. It just depends how much, uh, Thanos messes up earth when he shows up. <laughs> yeah. I'm again, I'm still of the, the belief that Thanos will not arrive until Avengers four, but we'll see. Um, (laughs) But that's enough about Punisher, because we're going to talk about Infinity War. We're going to talk about Avengers 3, Mike. Um, I just found out right before this show, there is a behind-the-scenes video coming this Monday on ET. Oh, my gosh. Uh, We should fill in the (laughs) audience and let them all know. Uh, Last week, uh, off the mic, just through text messages and just however we could contact each other, just desperately trying to predict when these tickets would go on sale. Yes, the tickets will be connected to a trailer. At this point in time, I'm not really hungering for a trailer i'm gonna go see this movie no matter what i'm already hyped but the ticket sale announcement will be attached to the trailer so we have just trying to be figure out anything that a trailer could be attached to we were just like is anybody coming on kimmel this week uh it's already too late it's already thursday we're just like well maybe it'll be on the 100th episode of shield no if it would have been that they would announce it a couple days ago and they're just like well it's friday people get paid on friday they want a big box office um opening weekend people mm-hmm. get paid on fridays it's like no it's already like one o'clock and it's Friday that there's no way it's coming out today so but and then all these character posters came out these magazine covers and then it's just like oh my god when can we buy these freaking tickets <laughs> yeah I mean yeah well that's really funny because I was thinking about this I'm like this is the first time I know Mike to be very 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 excited for another trailer to come out and while we've only <laughs> technically I guess had one trailer which is crazy for like the biggest movie probably ever um, uh-huh. it's just, it's wild to think about, but if there's a behind the scenes thing on Monday, the, 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 the news source at breakfast thinks the trailer slash tickets might go on sale Tuesday to build off that hype because every day, almost last week, we've seen new stuff released 
Uh-huh. At the beginning of the week, that we found out it's less than 50 days away from this now, Mike. Because they moved it up, we lost seven days, I guess, and now we fit less than 50 days away from this movie. Minus an hour, too. We lost an hour with time. That's change. right. We're ever, like, the time gym is in our favor, Mike. We're always <laughs> do you getting think, closer to this. Yeah, do you think Marvel co-sponsored uh, springing forward an hour just to get you closer to Infinity War? That's exactly why they do it. After <laughs> this, they got to find a new sponsor. Uh, we've got some new screenshots I, I sent you this week as well, but I think one of them sticks out the most to me, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. And this one screenshot here linked in our show notes shows Thanos pulling a planet from out of orbit using the gauntlet to throw at people. And this is from the trailer shown at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, I was going to say, it not only looked familiar, but it's it the description of it sounded familiar because we had very detailed descriptions of this trailer before any footage ever leaked. Just Someone's just like, yeah, Thanos is like literally pulling meteors out of the sky with the gauntlet. And we're just like, holy cow. So when the other trailers came out, we never saw it. But whoo, man, he is in his full glory here. And, you know, I could kind of see what you're saying where you think, you know, it could be a red herring and maybe he's technically not on Earth yet. You know, maybe just the trailers want it to look like he's there and maybe he's sending his uh, minions out ahead of time. So I, I, I could see where, where you're leaning towards there because in this image, it's hard to tell if he's on Earth or not. You know, you, you, you kind of see some foreground and background elements, but it's an upshot. You're just looking at the sky. It could be any planet that has a blue sky. And, and it could be the moon. They don't they don't really leave it. Up, I mean, they're like, yeah, this could be the moon. We don't. Holy know. crap, that would be insane. <laughs> yeah. So Thanos is here. It almost it looks so good. It almost looks like a toy shot. If I was to be honest, the lighting and the way like he's he's on here. So mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see this in action and finally on the screen. Mike, do you think they're going to include this in our second trailer? You think they're going to give us this <sighs> shot? Man, I I think I think they might. If yeah. they're showing a, a screenshot of it, they gotta get us in a trailer. That's right. They're gonna they're gonna give us as less as possible, man. Less is more. Uh, and then also, I found out that um, I believe it's Entertainment Weekly is doing a series of covers. I think there's 15 individual covers for this magazine, Mike, uh-huh. um, featuring different characters. And then when you put all the covers together, guess what? It, it forms makes an, an A. a. <laughs> That's right. In the cosmos with Thanos right in the middle. So I I knew all the uh, all the posters would connect together because they all kind of had that spacey background and stuff. But this explains why a, a, a very solid uh, white line cut Black Panther in half. When I was looking at the magazine cover, I was like, "Why is that going through Black Panther?" So that makes sense. But I I think looking um, at all of these, there's there's one thing that stands out that kind of officially kind of shows you that Iron Man has some crazy bleeding edge armor mm. coming up in this movie. Now, if you're savvy and you're looking out there at like toys and like promotional stuff that leaked, you could have seen this earlier, but this is kind of the first official look of Iron Man looking like a freaking anime manga robot. <laughs> He's definitely got some four like wings and like jet thrusters or whatever these little arms are. And you know, mm-hmm. those would look really good on the back of an Iron Spider suit as well, Mike. I, I don't yeah. know. Well, I think it would look really good and be really useful in space. Yeah. I think Tony's going to space. Yeah, I, we're go, we're gonna see some interesting stuff. I don't know who's coming and going in this, but I tell you, the one that makes me the happiest on this, Mike, is on the far left. You get to see the Vision with Shuri, and I did predict that maybe he's going to Wakanda to to deal with vibranium <laughs> and remove that. And that this so that's this, why it's your favorite because it makes you makes you right. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm I'm leaning in the right direction, Mike. And there's mm-hmm. not that I'm right or not. It's just I was like, well, that's a very interesting selection of characters to put together. 
Um, because some of these are doubles and some of these are singles. And uh, I think all the characters around Thanos are getting singles, which is awesome that Black Widow gets her own cover. Like, that is mm-hmm. fantastic. You don't really get to see that a lot. So, Well, yeah, I mean, she's she's like tenured in the MCU by now. She's been around since uh, Phase 1. They're batting around the idea of her solo movie, which uh, I hope it's badass. Um, yeah, it's man, that's crazy. It's cool seeing them all together. I'm curious if we're going to get any other characters uh, pop up. Uh, that would be a fun surprise, uh, but you, you're not seeing Ant Man here, so it looks like he's uh, sticking to his own movie, right? Well, well, right he, now he this could year. be in there. He could be on someone's shoulder. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> well, he could just be Atomic. You don't see Hawkeye. I guess a lot of people are like, "Where's my Hawkeye? Where's my... I don't think Hawkeye will show up until until mm, um, yeah. second one." So <laughs> this is what he likes to do. He likes to. He's the Calvary. <laughs> that's right. He's on vacation, or he retired, or whatever they said in, in Civil War, <laughs> uh, or yeah, whatever. Um, so there's some character posters. Also, we get a Lego version. Lego released a version of, of a poster here i don't think this is from the movie i could be wrong but it's really cool to see a lego thanos with his glove fighting iron man with his overly large thruster pack that we just yeah saw. that's that, that looks really weird it almost looks like uh iron spider arms so maybe uh tony has the iron spider arms and then they just fall off his suit and then they just attach on the spider-man suit i don't know <laughs> that's yep whatever you want to whatever you want to believe uh, we got uh, Gamora, Star Lord, and the Milano Falcon for some reason just hanging out there. Like I, I do like seeing the limitations of Lego on the Affinity Gauntlet because, like, oh, we can only put four stones on the the top half of the hand. There's two Infinity Stones on the thumb. It looks really weird. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They only they 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 somehow figured it out, man. I don't know. I have a Lego <laughs> Thanos somewhere around here. I need to figure out where he is. And it does not look like that. So they've at least been changing it. Uh, and then, of course, the, the Hulkbuster, which is uh, I actually saw um, this Lego set in Toys R Us yesterday. So it's out. It's out for sale if you want to go get it right now. And then lastly, for Infinity War, um, I don't know why, but but Kevin Feige's come out of his Feige hole uh, this uh-huh. week and had a lot of stuff going on. And um, he did confirm flashbacks for characters. Um, so we're going to okay. get to see some history of characters and, and, and maybe learn some more about some other ones. So. Uh, I'm excited to see what that is. I, I don't maybe, know, and I, I want to know whenever. It... Maybe maybe he announced it to put some context of some of these set photos that we may or may not have seen on Instagram. <laughs> may or may not have seen. Uh, <laughs> where uh, you're kind of seeing characters in older costumes again. And, you know, we were batting around the theory of time travel for a while. But, you know, we, we played devil's advocate with ourselves and said, hey, maybe these are just flashbacks. So. Mm-hmm. Feige saying cast flashbacks, but who knows? He could just kind of be protecting a greater story element by saying that. So I, we'll have to wait and see. I'm also hoping to maybe see some interaction of uh, the children of Thanos, like Gamora and Nebula, with these other oh, four. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, like, what are their history? How do they know them? Why are they like? Which one's the most powerful of them? Kind of thing. I don't know. I want to see. I want to see a little bit of that family history going on. Yeah, there. yeah, it's going to be weird because you're going to have to put Gamora and Nebula pretty, um, pretty. F- front facing in infinity war because they want thanos dead more than anybody else i mean everybody else is going to want thanos dead because they're trying to destroy earth but like they have like a personal grudge so and, and they know they know him the best out of uh-huh. everyone here so um i don't know maybe we'll we'll get some secrets revealed i'm really excited mike really excited <laughs> but really excited also because black panther hit a new milestone this week uh, uh it has crossed one billion dollars worldwide Mike, Ooh, Black man. Panther joined that one billion club, and it's been a while since we've had any movies hit that that record. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than I guess what Star Wars, <laughs> but but um, I also was reading because the Oscars were last week, and congratulations to all the films who won and all the films who were nominated, regardless of if you won or not. That's still 
like a huge deal. Um, mm-hmm. But Christopher Nolan of the Batman Dark Knight fame predicts a Best Picture Oscar nomination for Black Panther. All right, let's talk about this. So, <laughs> I I think the nomination could be possible. But I don't think it would be a nomination that would go anywhere. Like I, it's gonna be a, a cold day in hell uh, before like um, a, a superhero movie ends up getting an Oscar. I think the closest thing we're ever gonna get to a superhero winning an Oscar is probably uh, Lord of the Rings, which was adapted out of like a really precious fantasy book that a lot of people really liked and had a lot of a uh, close uh, affiliation with. Uh, superhero stuff. I don't. I don't know if it's ever going to reach that level. This was a really great movie, and I, I love some of the glass ceilings uh, that it, it shattered. Uh, so uh, the nomination. Yeah, give it the nomination. But like, it's just. It's still just a fun uh, superhero movie. Mm-hmm. So I just. I don't know. I, I, it's. It's weird saying I don't think it's going to get the Oscar, but also saying it's a great movie. It feels like I'm contradicting myself. But a lot of people out there have been talking about this interesting idea. That back when the Oscars were fresh and new, like uh, in the first couple of years, they had two categories for Best Picture, not just one. So they had Best Picture for basically kind of the big box office fun movies that everybody has seen. And then they also had a category for kind of like, I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was kind of like Best Art Movie. So they kind of divided Best Picture in half. So uh, people could kind of, I think people would get more excited about the Oscars if that was the case. Could you imagine if like, um, like you could watch the Oscars and then you would see like all of your favorite summer block box office movies like a like a Deadpool and everything being nominated? That would be so much fun. And the Oscars might have to do that because uh, their ratings dipped again this year. I think they said it was one of the lowest all-time ratings since mm. like maybe the 70s or 80s. I, I don't quite remember, but um I think if, if if they split the category in half, Black Panther, I think it would be awesome, it'd be cool. But you know, when you're dealing with like these, like I, I, I don't know, I, I won't belabor the point anymore. But it's basically the same theory that I attached to Wonder Woman. Like you know, it's it's a superhero movie. It's probably never gonna win it. <laughs> well, winning so to me again, the Oscars I uh, don't matter to me. Um, they're a bunch of old white people telling me what movies I should watch and win. <laughs> I, I could give. I I don't care at all, and I think that's a horrible way to do it. But this year's Oscars did do something. What someone was like, "Oh, do you think they overcorrected?" Because not only did Guillermo del Toro what win Best Director and Best Picture for um, was it Shape of Water? Uh-huh. Uh, didn't the Best Screenplay go to somebody else? I think um, uh, that went that went to Jordan Peele for yeah, Get Out. Get Out. Um, and both of those, you know, um, uh, very minority based directors and, and writers, right? So. Not the 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 standard you know idea of like you know white directors and white men winning are kind of out the door right now. Um and and with this yeah, th- me too. They're saying but- they're saying a lot of that could be because just a I think a year or two ago they added a bunch of new Academy voters to the process. So I think they're doing their best to try to inject the Academy with just a more diverse voting base because it's just like you keep getting like these same movies winning every year. Uh, I mean, Moonlight won last year and like that is an extremely diverse movie, which is great. So hopefully just over time, the Academy will just kind of loosen up a little bit and try to get a more diverse voting pool so we can kind of get a more accurate best picture, but also the way that they rank things too. Like they don't just vote on what they think was the best. They, they rank things. So even, so the shape of water could have just been the most consensus of just like, well, we can't agree on any movie, but we can all agree shape of water was good. So that's going to win. So mm. yeah, it, it's really crazy. It would be interesting to see what would happen 
with uh, Black Panther. I mean, if Logan can get the nomination, I think at least Black Panther can get the nomination. But the win, that's gonna be that's gonna be a well, stretch. Well, I don't think anyone's predicting to win. I mean, if they even uh-huh. gets nominated and is on the ballot for the final movies, that's a hell of an achievement in and of itself. Um, so if we can get that far, awesome. If not, yeah. I mean, it's we all know it's still a good movie. Whether these people <laughs> if it, tell if us it or not. wins, if it wins, I'm gonna have to go outside and find a crow and eat it. You're gonna you're gonna have to. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll send you. I'll mail you one uh, on a, in a freezer for you, so it's nice yeah. and cold. Yeah. Um, but you also <laughs> brought up some biggest opening weekends for me here. So why don't you why don't you break that down and tell us why what Black Panther opening weekend is compared to the rest of the world? Yeah, well, uh, so right now the opening weekend for Black Panther is right in the middle at number five. But I wanted to bring this up for uh, uh, for a different reason. So I'm not I'm not going to read off all top ten opening weekends here, but I'll say that the top five are Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Jurassic World, Marvel's The Avengers, and Black Panther. These are all franchise movies uh, for sure. So it makes me wonder, looking out into the future, the next couple years, even the next decade. What movie out there has the possibility of hitting number one, being the biggest box office opening of all time? It's difficult thinking about it because it's just like we're kind of burning through all of our franchises. I don't think Star Wars is going to hit number one again. I think The Force Awakens could stay at number one, but I don't think any new Star Wars movie out on the horizon is going to top number one again, just because I'm not going to say the steam has been let out of their engine, but all the novelty of the newness of Star Wars is gone. It's already back. It's been rebooted. It's back in the zeitgeist. So I don't think they're going to ever recapture that hype again to go number one. So, and then Jurassic World, uh, yeah, there's another one coming out, but it hitting like number three, that was also kind of like bringing Jurassic Park back into the fold. Uh, These superhero movies, the Marvels, the Avengers, is the first time they all teamed up together. So I'm just kind of doing this mental exercise in my head of what possibly out there could hit number one opening weekend. And the only thing that I I can think of is not just because it's coming out in less than 50 days. It's just because I feel like it's the only thing that has all the magical components into it to hit number one is I think it might be Infinity War. You know, we've been building up to seeing this character Thanos, all of this master machinations working in the background. You know, if this movie can't hit number one biggest box office opening of all time, there's a chance that Force Awakens could be staying there for a very, very long time because I don't think another Avatar movie is going to do it unless James Cameron invents a crazy new way to watch movies that we haven't heard of before. So I think Avengers Infinity War does kind of have that magical makeup to do it. And I'm curious what you think. If if you don't think Infinity War can hit that number one spot, do we think anything's going to hit that number one spot just in the next 10 years? So we are in in an interesting scenario here because it's we were only thinking about Infinity War. But I mean, if you look at it from the standpoint of Lord of the Rings, I think the third Lord of the Rings was the biggest, right? Well, I have no idea opening. I mean, just kind of guessing. I think it was the bigger of the three. What if Avengers 4, 3 leaves us on such a cliffhanger, on such a question mark that everybody wants to come back for 4 and even more people after the fact? Yeah, maybe. that That is a possibility that I thought of. But then also I thought like... You know, this is the first time we're going to see Thanos on screen. Basically, I'm putting all of this energy into, into and all this thought and, and money making into, into Thanos. It's the first time we're seeing Infinity War. I bet there's a lot of people out there that don't even realize that there's going to be a part two or there was a part two and there's not a part two, but it technically is a part two. And there's probably going to be a cliffhanger. Who knows? So I, if it's not Infinity War and if it's not the next Avengers movie, 
uh, it's. I feel like it's got to be a Marvel movie. It, I think DC is just too fractured at this point in time to uh, to have one of the biggest openings, unless they get some sort of crazy casting for you know they get like the biggest actors in the world in every role. So it's just like I feel like it's got to be a Marvel movie. I mean, some of these Disney live action movies could possibly do it. I could kind of see maybe a Jungle Book being a dark horse just because everybody loves the Jungle Book. I mean, um, no, Lion King. That's what I meant. To say. <laughs> so I can see it maybe being Lion King, but it's just like I. Feel I feel like it's gonna be a Marvel movie if it's gonna be capturing that that number one spot. So, and I think things might be coalescing. Uh, things are getting excited, uh, and Disney's trying to build the hype. Now, I'm not saying Infinity War will be the biggest earner of all time. I just think they're really trying to front load the box office because it's a very competitive summer. So, I, I think Disney might be making a push for that that opening weekend too, which might help it. So. Well, time will tell. We'll know definitively, definitively for sure here in a couple of weeks. But it just it makes me really excited. Yeah, I'm. I, it's hard for me to pick opening weekend. I think longer term than opening weekend. And to beat Avatar would be the goal to me. And it's not even on, it's not even on this list. It didn't even have the biggest <laughs> opening. Yeah, it just had legs. And uh, trying to find a movie with legs anymore. I mean, Black Panther is going to raise, like, it just opened in China. We talked about this. It's going to be huge worldwide after the China numbers come in. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, we, Panthers have Panthers have four legs. So they, they do run fast. I hear I hear they can do that. So uh, I don't know. Well, I, I honestly have no way to, to predict this. But yeah. So if uh, if Infinity War gets gets the number one spot, you can all come back to me and be like, oh, you're so smart, Mike. And I was like, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. I was. Well, and then after Avengers <laughs> 4 comes back and is bigger, you can thank Chris. So, yeah. There you go. But until then, we've got Captain Marvel. The the next it's not the next movie, but it's the first movie in 2019 from Marvel. And um this is apparently according to Kevin Feige that the, Captain Marvel is the first superhero that Nick Fury meets Ooh, in I like the that. universe. And this makes the his line at the end of Iron Man 1 that Iron Man you're part of a bigger universe much mm-hmm. more meaningful than than before. So um, I think that was really cool to knew that. And then also, he also confirmed much of Captain Marvel actually takes place in outer space. So oh, cool. the one st- thing we did see on Earth may not be very relevant for very long in the movie. So um, that was interesting. Uh, I'm looking out for set photos with Samuel L. Jackson with tracking dots on his face because I think they're going to de-age him. I think this is going to be a really cool... Um, uh, a really cool uh, workings of their de-aging technology because we've seen it in kind of limited scenes and we've seen it in like flashbacks and things like that but it seems like Nick Fury is going to take a bigger role in this movie so they might be doing a lot of mocap on his face and like kind of uh, dialing down the wrinkles a little bit um, probably doing stuff with his eye whether he has it or whether he doesn't so you got, you got to de-age him back to the 90s so um uh, he's not looking like he's from the '90s currently because well, that's not possible. It's true, and if you look, if you notice the link I sent you uh, a couple days ago via text, actually he's in there getting a um, mask mold right now in makeup. So they are prepping yeah. for something. Yeah. I think this is going to be one of those things where he um, gets. This is the mask where he gets his eye cut out or at least stabbed. And oh god, you're thinking they're they're getting this uh they're getting like a gruesome scene ready. Right? Like, listen, we don't want to actually stab you in the eye, so we're gonna stab a model of your head. Yeah. It's cool that if that's true, that means they're going practical, and I like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Some people were saying, oh, he's gonna be a scroll. I'm like, no, they're not gonna mask him to make him a scroll. They can do that in CG easier than they can do it with a mask. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Just take a take a look at that and you guys tell us what you think. 
Uh, Legion is coming back, Mike, uh, very soon, and we have a new poster. And I thought this poster was really cool because um, it's got uh, David uh, Haller uh, there sitting there, and he's kind of like he's like rewriting like his mind or something. I, I don't know, but it was a really trippy poster, and I was like, this this is something Mike needs to see. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was more attached to it, but I ju- I'm just not watching Legion because there's just not enough time in the day. But... I mean, it's not. I mean, did you finish season one? Uh, no, I did oh, not. Oh, okay. Because it's not out yet. It's not out till next month. That's why I was just, like, the, the marketing's hyping up. And I just I just thought this poster was really cool, the way they, they did it with the lines and the dots and everything to make it all kind of coalesce. So. Yeah, we'll have to see how... Um, I'm curious how the, that showrunner is going to do with a possible Doctor Doom movie. So it all circles back around to something. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think it'll happen, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, Legion, April 3rd on FX. Tune in. Be there. Be square. Uh, Dark Phoenix uh, X-Men is still happening, regardless of, of our hopes and wishes. <laughs> but the new set photo shows off the new costumes from the team here. And these kind of mimic the new X-Men run from Grant Morrison a little bit, if you take a look at these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like there are some people in orange spacesuits, it looks like, in front of them. But then the X-Men are behind them, wearing their blue and yellow garb. Very, very bright compared to most X-Men costumes we've seen so far. And they have Jennifer Lawrence, who it looks like she is supposed to be wearing a jacket <laughs> because yep. the, her torso is not painted blue. Yep, she's kind of half half in, half out there. Uh, it looks like uh, Nicholas uh, Holt is Beast in full Beast makeup, along with uh, Nightcrawler in full makeup as well. I'm is, trying... Just to the left of Beast, is that supposed to be Storm? Yeah, I believe that's uh, Storm. And then is that behind him? Is that Quicksilver behind Storm? Uh, I, yeah, possibly. It's just, just a little head poking out there. It's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, because I, I couldn't figure out who else that would be on the team. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's good to look at the team here. I, I like these costume designs, the the new X-Men run of Grant Morrison. It's It's got an interesting art style. and um, <laughs> Yeah. But I definitely dig the not the black leather. So uh, Yeah. We can... I'm really curious how this story is going to pan out because it looks like they're trying to send these mutants in the space. So it's like... Uh, what scenario did the United States government think it was okay to be like, hey, let's send these teenagers with super power, superpowers in the space? So, I don't know. We're going to find out if that's actually what happens. I, it looks like they're more maybe saving someone from landing back from space. Oh, uh, maybe. Because you see the military truck and them. I don't think they're going. I think they're they're recruiting. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. We don't know a whole lot about this. And it's probably better that way for now. <laughs> Star Wars, probably the second biggest news, maybe the biggest news this week, was John Favreau, who directed Iron Man and Iron Man 2, is to write and produce the live-action Star Wars TV series for the Disney streaming service, Mike. Ooh, this is crazy. This means the, I mean, this means the stream, this means the show is real. Yeah. Uh, this uh, live-action uh, Star Wars movie has been batted around for decades, so now it finally has, like, a, a real home, a streaming show, and a new streaming service usually needs like top tier original content that you can't get anywhere else and the fact that they're tap- tapping John Favreau is a really really big deal and i like that he's he's going to write and produce it and i i believe he's in a, the executive producer which basically means he is the showrunner this is going to be his show this isn't going to be like a jj abrams type deal where jj is just kind of like he's like the the famous person attached to it and then somebody else is like running the show and he just only shows up maybe like once a month or something like that to get his paycheck like it seems like this is going to be john favreau's show which he was 
he was like the early architect of like uh, the MCU. I mean, like he he puts in work, so he somehow made the Jungle Book movie good, and it made a lot of money too. I haven't seen it yet, but it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. And he's working on Lion <laughs> King apparently. Uh, yeah, which I did hear a little bit. Take this as a rumor for Lion King, but um, they did some research on actual like lions. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to make Scar an albino lion because they're seen as the weaker of the lions instead oh, of like the right. darker one, like he was. So I don't, I don't know. Well, that's that's a whole thing. But John Favreau, I mean, he 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 did the movie Chef, I think, which was received really well. Yeah, that was good. I saw it. He John Favreau's kind of had a renaissance here in the late like the late two thousands. Um, mm-hmm. he was big in the nineties. I think he was on an episode of Friends, uh, or maybe a recurring <laughs> character in Friends. Yes, I think he was on an episode of Friends. He was in Seinfeld. He was an episode of Seinfeld. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you don't just happen upon those shows at, the, at those those huge shows of the nineties. So, uh, in what was he in Swingers with? Uh, yeah, I think swing. I think Swingers was like his movie. I think he. Uh, I think that he might have um, Vince Vaughn. That's who it was. Oh yeah, yeah. With Vince Vaughn, but yeah. Anyway. John Favreau, great choice, solid choice. Disney's kind of not quite. I wouldn't say he's the golden boy, but he's a safe choice because he does good things and yes. above average things. So, but this, this is good news. That means that they're taking their Star Wars series extremely seriously. That they would take John Favreau off of feature films mm-hmm. that he's making that are making a lot of money. So th- this is this is all this is all good news. And I don't know if John Favreau's ever done any sort of episode episodic content before so maybe he's looking at this as like a challenge to him he's like oh i can tell this whole overarching story so this this makes me excited there's no reason for this to worry anybody so um who i'm just curious what time frame they put this in you know if rain johnson is gonna i know rain johnson isn't going to continue the ray and finn story it seems like that's probably going to conclude in the next movie i could see rain johnson uh, or sorry ryan johnson however you want to say it uh-huh. i could see him sticking in that current timeline at least you know at least that time different part of the galaxy but that era and then i could see the game of thrones guys doing like a knights of the old republic thing so i'm just kind of curious where um where favreau is going to slot in his show yeah i mean well i think it's i mean if you'd have told me uh in the 2000s the guy who directed alpha is going to make give you iron man and star wars later in life i had a laugh <laughs> in your face um but i mean he his work goes back he actually has done voices of star on star wars uh the clone wars um, as one of the characters, so I mean, he's got a little work in the Star Wars uh, uh, TV universe, but I, we don't know how this is going to go. We don't know where it's going to go. But if he's writing it as well, um, you know, cool. That's awesome. So I'm really, I'm really more excited for this than I was probably whenever they were like fitting out somebody else. Honestly, so I don't know. Uh, the solo Star Wars movie still coming. We can't, we can't avoid that either. Uh, but the promo <laughs> partners include some very interesting choices here, and, and we're going to get this, but the last one's what's going to get you, Mike. <laughs> so the promo partners include Denny's, Esurance, General Mills, got to get your solo cereal, Nissan, <laughs> Semantic, and the Red Cup Makers Solo. <laughs> I mean, I guess you have to do that, you know. I, I'm more curious if Solo Solo Cup approached them or if they approached the Solo Cup. So I guess you can now get your limited edition Star Wars plastic disposable cup. So I guess look forward to that. It was probably an accident. They were like, oh, yeah, we've got to deal with Solo because some fan made some artwork already. And they're like, and Solo's like, yeah, we probably got to deal with Star Wars. And they accidentally happened or, or upon so- it together. Our solo has like a solo cup has kind of like a uh, like a, a weak copyright on the term, so they're just like, hey, if, if you want to use solo in your movie, you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to co-brand with us. Yeah. Well, it's also funny because the uh, the working title was called Red Cup, 
I believe. Uh, of, yeah, that's Solo, true. So yeah, it all comes back around uh, when the internet wins slash loses. I don't know. So we got some interesting looks at Shazam. Last week there was a week kind of far away look, but this week we got a good up close look at the Shazam costume. And the first and foremost, we get to see what appears to be Shazam maybe stopping a speeding bus or a runaway mm-hmm. bus. And we get to see the actor um, who was in Chuck, and I can't think of his name. It's all right. Ah, <laughs> uh, is it Zachary Levi? No. Yeah, that's it. Zachary that's Levi it. as Shazam. They are leaning into this costume. It is bright red. He's got the yellow th- bolt down the front and the white cape. Looks looks fun for a DC movie. You know, I've not seen fun in a long time uh, from them. So that's really cool. We get some up close photos here on the second uh, link from Twitter, including you know the detail on this costume. Like you get to see, like it looks like kind of like the Superman material. Uh-huh. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's there's no complaints here when it comes to the design of the costume. I think what I've been hearing out there on the internets, and myself included, is this looks like his uh, his suit is a padded a little bit. It looks like he's a uh, he's stuffing. So I don't I don't know if this is gonna translate better on screen because this is just an onset photo. And who who knows? There's a good chance that even uh, super buff Henry Cavill, you know, padded his uh, Superman suit uh, to look a little bit more buff because these are superheroes after all. It's not like one human man can just go on an insane training regiment for a movie and look like Shazam no matter who it the is. Rock. So I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, he is like yeah, literally probably the only one. I found out that dude eats five thousand calories a day and consumes over five hundred grams of protein. That man is a freaking tank. Uh, but, yeah, Zachary Levi looks like his suit's a little stuffed. But, you know, that's all right. I think it might translate to camera really well. We've been uh, wrong but... about set photos and costumes plenty of times to yeah. to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we also get to see a look at um, Dr. Savannah, played by – I forgot his name, too. This is one of these days. Isn't he Mark the Strong. guy – he Strong. was Galahad, right? Yeah, he's and, Galahad um... and Kingsman. He was also – um, in Green Lantern, the movie as well, uh, the villain, uh, Sinestro. So Mark Strong's no stranger to comic book movies. And you get to see his little eye matches up with his comic book p- counterpart there. So if you're missing an eye, you're obviously a villain. <laughs> and lastly, the, uh, the, the little character, Freddie Freeman, uh, the little buddy to Billy Batson. <laughs> the, the little character, the child version <laughs> yes. of Shazam. No, that's Billy Watson. This is Freddie Freeman. This is his buddy. This is his friend. Wow. But well, who cares about his buddy? But he's wearing a Superman shirt. He's wearing a Superman shirt. So in this, I've seen some pictures that Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman all have toys uh, mm-hmm. in stores. So I hope this is the main DC universe and they're just marketing it because that looks like a shirt I see on some kid walking down the street right now if I wanted to. Yeah. So. Man, this is the... Uh... This is the, the the bad implications of making a bad uh, Superman, Justice League, uh, Batman, Superman movie is this kid's wearing a Superman shirt, but all we've ever seen in the movies is just like Superman's just this alien terrorist that somehow everybody ended up loving him and we never saw it on screen. So uh, whatever. I don't care. Uh, Zachary Levi looks cool. The costume looks cool. Maybe this is the Superman movie we've always wanted. Yeah. You know, a fun character who's just a bright, cheery and wants to save people. They look like they're having fun. So, I mean, it looks bright and it looks colorful. So, I'm I'm more okay with this than I am any other uh, DC movie other than Wonder Woman and maybe Aquaman right now. Uh-huh. But the Green Lantern Corps are coming, and I'm, I'm very much a Green Lantern fan myself. Not much of the f- Ryan Reynolds movie with, you know, Mark Strong <laughs> in it. And also Taika Waititi was in it. So, all these people who went on to do better things <laughs> were in that movie. Uh, but apparently Christopher McQuarrie is eyed to direct this movie. He's done like three of the last Mission Impossibles, or if not two of the last two. Uh, Jack Reacher, 
um, which leads you to believe they're using him to lure Tom Cruise into the role of Hal Jordan. Oh wow! So this is where you're. This is where you're saying he's an alien. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hal Jordan's not an alien. He's from Earth, but Green Lantern's, you know, whatever. We don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like he might, if you convince him, hey, Tom, this is actually a documentary on Scientology, not the Green Lantern movie, you might get him in. So. Oh, my gosh, maybe. Who knows? I mean, Tom Cruise, maybe not the biggest box office draw that he used to be, but he's still a, a big movie celebrity, which is something I think DC really needs. So maybe, yeah, maybe that is a way to kick off Green Lantern. I, I like his Mission Impossible. His last couple Mission Impossible movies have been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the only he, downside is, is he's short, so you gotta you gotta do the camera tricks. Because I mean, I when I think Green Lantern, I think of like probably like at least a dude that's like six two. I, I I don't know. I don't go that high. I, but that's me. <laughs> but it's CG. It's all CG. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They can they can make him any height they want. They'll, they're just gonna hit. Uh, they're gonna hit command transform command T on the keyboard. And they're just gonna stretch him a little bit. Just just, just drag <laughs> that a little bit. Yeah, that's weird. Why why are Tom Cruise's eyes looking like ovals and not circles anymore? It's like well they stretched him. Yeah, they had to. It's it's, it's in his contract. Um, but apparently the synopsis for this movie has been updated to say that former test pilot Hal Jordan, now a veteran of the intergalactic group of protectors of peace and justice, known as the Green Lantern Corps, mentors young recruit John Stewart. So it sounds like Hal Jordan, like we've been predicting for like a year or two years or three years now, that this needs to be a buddy cop deal where Hal Jordan is young, old and grizzled and John Stewart is a young, you know, wide-eyed recruit that's coming in. This is men in black all over again, but in space. <laughs> And how and and Tom Cruise's Hal Jordan would totally be fine. They don't need him all the time. They're trying to bring in a new new younger people. So if they want him for a movie or two, that's fine with me. So let's bring in Val Kilmer. I want Val Kilmer and uh, Tom Cruise back on the screen together. The, uh, why? What, what were they in together? <laughs> the Top Gun Man, Iceman. Oh well, that's I would I hadn't gone back that far. But they were test pilots <laughs> in that one as well. That would be very appropriate to have Val Kilmer as like a rival. Test yeah. Pilot. Yeah, Top Gun was the prequel. To, oh my gosh, it's a prequel to Green Lantern. That's what it is. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah, that's the after credit scene that got cut from Top Gun before there was after credit scenes. Yeah, so Sir found Hal Jordan and took him away. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, Booster Gold is a character who time travels and is apparently like some sort of fraud. He had a movie written by Greg Berlanti, and the movie's apparently still in works. He just they just don't know how they're going to fit into the timeline yet when it's going to go into production. Do you have any insights on this, Mike? Uh, I don't have any insights on this, but uh, I'll do some poking around. I, I got, I got some, I got some insiders over there. People want a Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie. I'm not. I'm kind of vaguely familiar with the characters, but uh, I don't know. Blue, we'll see. Blue, 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 Blue Beetle. Very hard to say. He's a pretty uh, prominent character in the Justice, the Young Justice uh, animated series. So he's out there in the zeitgeist. He's kind of like a Blue Iron Man, basically. So. But yeah. it's an alien suit. <laughs> yeah, I kind of get that from the Injustice 2 video game because his mm-hmm. suit can, like, change and, and give him new abilities according to what he needs in the battle. So, yeah, okay, that's cool. So maybe maybe this come along. Let me know what you find out. All right. The Joker movie, potentially starring Joaquin Phoenix, has a similar origin to The Killing Joke, the character will, in that, that a failed 1980s comedian who becomes the clown prince of crime after bombing with audiences. Ugh. <sighs> DC, 
what do you like it, it's just at a point over there at warner brothers where there's nothing you can tell me that's going to get me excited because things are just so messed up just stop announcing things i know you probably want to announce things for like board members uh board of directors stockholders you want to get them excited you want people to have a positive outlook but like I am just holding out hope for a decent Aquaman movie that'll lead into a good sequel to Wonder Woman. Like, they're just thinking so far ahead when this is the definition of, like, cart before the horse. Like, I can't even start to think about how dumb of an idea this is. (laughs) So, it's like, I think Joaquin Phoenix would actually make a great Joker. It's just, I don't need to see an origin of the Joker. The best origin of the Joker ever was in The Dark Knight, where we just had... Uh, whispers of what could have made the Joker, and that was enough for me, and that made an awesome villain. So, and then also Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix is not the Joker we've seen in the movies, so the universe is already falling apart. So I'm well, I'm writing this off. I don't think this is ever getting made. So I think I think it will be simply because I, I know Martin Scorsese did a movie in the '80s called King of Comedy with Robert De Niro, of course, about a down on his luck comedian who like couldn't get better. Uh, which is very similar to what the Killing Joke Joker is. So, like, the whole point is, like, everyone's, like, one bad day away from becoming the Joker. Um, and since, I, I don't know, since they have What's-His-Face, um, is it Todd Phillips, who did the Hangover movies as a director, those movies I found only funny when they were, like, in the darkest moments of that movie. Like, not the slapstick, <laughs> but, like, when they were, like, really dark. So I, I can see everything lining up to this. Um, but it's also, they did say that it's kind of from a new division of DC films at Warner Brothers that don't fall within the continuity. So, I mean, how they market that to the public is beyond me. That's not my problem, but I think it'll happen. I, I think, I think it'll start production this year. So we'll see. <laughs> I would watch this one over Suicide Squad 2. Oh yeah. That's, that's easy. <laughs> yeah. Like given this Joker versus the other Joker, I'd watch this one by, by far. Are you going to go see the Rampage movie about the, the big old creatures? Um, probably not. It seems like a very good movie pass type movie though. If you got movie pass, maybe go see Rampage with it. Well, luckily for those movie pass owners, it has been moved up a week to April 13th. And do you know why it was moved forward <laughs> to April 13th? Well, geez, Chris, I don't know why. To get the hell away from Infinity War. <laughs> uh, because even I think The Rock poked fun at it. Uh, because, I mean, he was like, yeah, they're definitely not moving it because of Avengers. <laughs> but they totally are. And, uh, but I think he, he was very good, mood, good spirit about it. Like, if, we win and they win. Everybody wins. You know, he wants to see movies win. And The Rock Jumanji apparently has just been demolishing box office and at home sales. So I think it's still in theaters, even though it's at, you can go buy it right now as well. It's, so it's probably in those discount like dollar theaters. Yeah. Um, well, no, uh, my theater, my local theater said if you buy Jumanji tickets this week, you get some bonus. Oh. So like, they're like really still pumping it out there. Maybe cause nothing else is out. That's good. <laughs> Maybe. But, but, uh, so yeah, if you're going to go see rampage, you can check that out. Did you watch the first Goosebumps movie? <laughs> no, I didn't. But when the trailer came out and I saw Jack Black was in it, I, I knew it kind of wasn't really a movie for me. Uh, but it looked kind of fun, so I wouldn't mind watching it. Maybe if it was streaming somewhere. I've heard above average things for this movie. Actually. Hey, that's th- that's all you need, I think, for a Goosebumps movie. Yeah, it could be really <laughs> bad. It could be really bad. And apparently, the sequel started filming called Slappy Halloween. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you're familiar with the the puppet Slappy on all the covers of like. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think like yeah, it's kind of popping up in my, my brain. It's probably a cover I looked at as a kid. Yeah, it's it's got the little creepy puppet now. Yeah, so apparently Slappy Halloween is the sequel, and they've started filming on it. And um, 
it's going to come out. So if it's called Slappy Halloween, I'm probably guessing not as good as the first one. No word of <laughs> Jack Black's even back in it as R.L. Stein. So um, I'm going to write this one off early and say Goosebumps 2, probably probably no good. Did you? We talked about the Robo-Apocalypse movie before, right? I mean, maybe. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to say. Um, so apparently this was a book uh, like where they kind of do like – the AI and robots go out of control in the future. You know, standard stuff. And yeah. this was going to be a movie done by Steven Spielberg. But now, apparently, Michael Bay is doing it instead. So, instead of doing more Transformers movies, he's doing Robopocalypse, which sounds like a Transformers movie. Yeah, I read the synopsis for this movie, and it sounded a lot like... Um, what was that Will Smith movie where the robots... iRobot? Kind of revo- yeah, it, it just kind of seems like a, an iRobot type of deal. And I'm not saying that type of story is not good, but it just kind of seems like, well, this is... This has kind of been done before, so I like I feel like they need to find a different angle. But from what I hear is this could be kind of maybe taking like a different narrative approach. I think this is since the word apocalypse is in the title, I think this is supposed to happen after the robots revolted. So it's almost kind of like imagine I robot, but Will Smith didn't save the day and then they take over. So it, that could be kind of interesting. It has a little bit like of, of a matrix quality to it where they're trying to take back the earth from robots. I don't know. Uh, do you, do you trust Michael Bay with robots or do you not trust him with robots? I mean, he's got a lot of robot experience, so maybe him transitioning into different style of robots might be good. I don't know. Uh, well, this, this seems, this seems like a, a, a strange replacement. Uh, yeah, that's not an easy one-to-one replacement. You don't just swap out Steven Spielberg. That almost sounds like a, that sounds like a, a movie fights debate question, like replace any Steven Spielberg movie with Michael Bay and what happens? Yeah. So I think Spielberg is working fully on, um, was it the, uh, Indiana Jones movie? Oh and yeah. He had to give up. He had to give this one up. But apparently, but, but the thing about Michael Bay is, I mean, I, I think if you give him something that's already written, he can't fuck it up too bad. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I like, mean, the I first mean, it's not gonna be great, but it's the, gonna he at least has something to work on. Yeah. He's not writing it. Yeah, I mean, I genuinely like the first Transformers movie. So if Row Apocalypse ends up turning into like an eight movie franchise, at least maybe we'll get a first good first movie. You know. Yeah, well, apparently it's a one book that even ends in the first book because it, it came out like 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to you know worry too much about hopefully. Well, no, no, there's a sequel coming out. Uh, it came out in 2014, but uh, I don't know. Who knows about sequels? We'll see. Um, but apparently Transformers bombed, so the, the, thankfully they're just getting rid of those. And lastly... Uh, for the week, the movie or the character Bloodshot is getting a movie with Vin Diesel in talks slash almost confirming he's going to be the lead character. Do you remember talking about Bloodshot before? Yeah, and then just uh, was this a uh, Valiant the, comics? Is that what this is? Yeah, Valiant, and then there's a web series coming out with like Bloodshot versus the Valiant Universe, which has uh, the guy who played the Green Power Ranger as Bloodshot. Uh, yeah, I, re- I remember seeing a panel for that at Comic-Con. We got to see some footage. Uh, it definitely looks like a web series. It could be a cool web series. I'm not saying I'm not knocking web series in general, but uh, not like a box office uh, busting quality. <laughs> it's Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, which is the web series coming out, yeah. which has Bloodshot in it. But Bloodshot, the movie, will be coming out with um, 
Vin Diesel as the main character who's very yeah. excited to do this. Yeah, I mean Vin Diesel, he's a he's a I, I wouldn't say a closet nerd, but he's an unexpected nerd, so I could see him trying to have a fun time with this, but I have no connection to the Valley universe. Uh, for me, all of these characters might as well just be uh, brand new things that were just made up. So I'm sure some people out there are connected to them, uh, reading them through the Valiant uh, comic books, but not me, not over here. Yeah, I think I think it's good that new, not mainstream characters are coming, maybe getting their own movies, hopefully, knock on wood, done well. Uh, I believe Netflix also just bought um, the guy who created Deadpool, uh, can't think. Of, I'm horrible with names today. This hours <laughs> just sucked me dry. Uh, the guy who created Deadpool. Um, I can't think of his name. Rob Liefeld. His Extreme Universe or something like Netflix just bought them as well. So Netflix may be creating more comic book characters or at least publishing their comics. Netflix is buying everything. Yeah, I'm gonna figure out what that comic series is called because it is yeah Extreme Universe. So if you look up Extreme Universe, which would be everything like Rob Liefeld drew in the 90s, overly muscular, body proportions way out of control. Lots of pouches. <laughs> lots of, yeah, lots of pouches and shoulder pads <laughs> like nothing else. So uh, Netflix now owns that. So we got we got that going for us. But, now streaming this week, Shoulder Pad, the series. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds good to me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> Not after watching Jessica Jones. I don't want to, I don't want to go back to anything else. So that kind of brings it full circle, Mike. Um, but that's the end of the show. If people want to know what you're up to, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to see what you're up to, maybe check out that haul you brought back from uh, the Toy Expo. Where can they find that at? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. I'll post all that stuff up there. Uh, we're lining up interviews for Comic UI for C2E2, so you can head over to comicui.com and we'll be posting those audio or video interviews there. Or head over to YouTube and search the DNN to find the videos I do over there, like Breaking the Seal and the Table of Fun and other stuff. So we've got some stuff coming up there. Um, if this is people's first time listening to the show because they found us at Lexington Comic Con, where can people find more of us at, Mike? Well, as always, please visit SuperHeroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our little show here and to also get our awesome show notes. So we talked about a lot of things this episode, so if you want to see that Luke Cage trailer, if you want to link to that, that's in our show notes. If you want to see those um, new screenshots for Infinity War, that's in our show notes. If you want to see that uh, Shazam on-set photo of that weird muscly costume that we were talking about, that's in our show notes. So you can get that all at SuperHeroSlate.com, and you can find us on iTunes. YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can subscribe and get us right in your email inbox every week if you'd like to do that. And you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get some merch and uh, rep at your local Comic-Con, you can get that at SuperHeroSlate.com slash store. And if you want to be a fan of if you want to be a fan of the show, you know, if we really appreciate that. We, we love it if you leave us a review, a, a like, a comment, interact with us wherever uh, you uh, listen to the show. Uh, you you know, we got super fan Sean out there on YouTube reaching out to us. We got um, super fan Jim uh, hitting us up on Twitter. You know, we got uh, other super fans out there uh, hitting us up all the time. We got new super fans. If you want to be a super fan, if you want that moniker, if you want to tattoo it on your butt, if you want to put it on your gravestone, all you have to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week and next week twice because we're going to be talking about Jessica Jones. It's true. And also, I forgot at the top of the show, our 
our our thing this week, our March Madness bracket for Marvel is live uh, as of right now. So um, you can go vote on your movies. Round one, we'll be sharing it on social media. Uh, the winners for our playing rounds, Mike, it's kind of tragic on the first one. Uh, <laughs> Thor The Dark World versus Incredible Hulk. Guess which one won? Uh, was it Thor? Thor The Dark World, sadly. <laughs> I voted for Thor just because I knew you wanted the Hulk to win, so uh, you can thank me a little bit for those votes. I was just like, I'm sticking it to Chris right now. Well, that's okay, because in round two, <laughs> Iron Man 2 versus Age of Ultron, I stuck it to you and went with Age of Ultron, because I know you don't uh, okay. like that movie. <laughs> uh, so it, it all works out in the end. So uh, those have made the final play-in rounds. The brackets will be online, uh, com slash vote. We'll be sharing them. Make sure you go vote, share, get in there, pick your favorite movies for the first round, and next week we'll be updating. So thank you guys. We really appreciate it. All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. See you. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. The biggest weenie of all time. Right here. Oh, I mean, wait.